Allie Bonner, and welcome to QueenCast, the show where we interview badass queens about body image, business, and beyond. Hi, friends. Welcome back to QueenCast. So if you're just tuning in, I'm Allie. I'm the founder of a food company outside of my podcast, um, which is called Queen, and we make a nut-free spread called granola butter. So now that we've got that out of the way, um, we at Queen started a initiative called Giving Sunday. So the last Sunday of every month, we're donating 100% of our profits to an organization of your choice. So this month was our first month doing it. Um, We decided because it was June um, in honor of Pride, we wanted to donate to an LGBTQ organization and the organization that you guys chose was the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. So I am so excited, so honored to share that I'm going to be talking to Elle Hearns, who's the founder and director of the Institute on this podcast today. Um, Elle is so incredible. She's such a light. Um, And in today's episode, we talk about her story. We talk about the Institute itself. And if you donate where the money goes to, we talk about black trans women and why they're historically and currently targeted um, by many people and ways that we can support them outside of just donating to the Institute. So it's an incredible episode. She's phenomenal, um, and I can't wait to share. So let's jump right in. One, thank you so much for the initiative that you all have, and thank you to your members for choosing and selecting us uh, as as who you wanted to support and donate to. Uh, it felt really important to make sure I did your podcast because I wanted to just express my thanks, you know, directly to your community of people who wanted to support us. So let's just start there, uh, oh, but. Okay. In addition to that, my name is Elle Hearns. I'm the founder and the executive director of the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. It's an organization that I founded in 2017. We launched last year in 2019, and we actually just celebrated our one-year anniversary uh, this past weekend. And so it's a beautiful... Thank you. Thank you. It is... It is a. It has been a long time coming to really making sure this organization could exist and, and be supported. So to have so much love and support means everything. Um, I, I founded the organization in uh, a response, really, to the murders of, of Black trans women. And so, uh, you know, over the years as an organizer, I found myself constantly responding to these murders, and it became yeah. very clear that. It just was, it was just overwhelming and it wasn't, it didn't feel like only one person should be organizing around it. And so uh, I really planted the seed around an organization to be able to protect and defend the human rights of Black trans people. And, you know, subsequently the Marsha P. Johnson Institute was born. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so much for, first of all, for everything that you do, but also just sharing a little bit about your background. Um, so I'd love to kind of dive in real quick to, you know, have you always been interested in organizing? Was that something from, you know, earlier in life that really um, stood out to you as being important and kind of your calling? Or is that something that you found later, you know, down the line? Yeah. So the thing is, you know, I've always been very outspoken. Uh, I always had, I think, a a drive for um, power. You know, I ran Mm -hmm. for um, (laughs) class. I like ran for class vice president as a fourth grader and I lost. 
Um, <laughs> and I was so heartbroken, you know, yeah. and I didn't really fit in as a kid, but that was like the one area that I felt like, you know what? I can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I lost. And then I came back the next year, very determined to win. And I won class treasurer. Heck um, yeah. Love that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it taught me so much about how to strategize and just how the game of politics goes, you know, like if you can't win this seat, we'll run for this. And so I think so much about those experiences and how that really shaped a lot of, you know, I graduated high school as class vice president. So I had always kind of had like this like political mind, even as a kid. But I think um, just realizing I was vulnerable in the world as a black trans woman really shaped what has now become my work. And I think the, the great visibility around my work is uh, it didn't, it wasn't always so visible. I wasn't mm-hmm. always so supported and, and loved, you know, there was certainly um, a lot of isolation and um, you know, I went to jail in 2014 for several days and that really created the space for me to shift or at least to consider how I could shift out of the circumstances that I was in to have more. And that's what led me to organizing. I knew that I did not want anyone else to feel unloved or unheard or unsupported like I did. And so I started trying to build a space where Black trans people like myself could relate to each other and also utilize each other as a resource. And so uh, for me, I didn't know I was organizing. I thought I was just doing what God called me to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until probably about seven months of doing that, you know, work and, and then being very clear that I didn't want to go back to my corporate bank telling job that uh, I applied for my first paid organizing job. And that's what kind of led me on. Yeah, it kind of led me to where we are now. But yeah, I knew that I just didn't want anyone else to have the experience that I had. Mm, Yeah. And it just shows, I mean, what an incredible person you are. And also just, I mean, because it's scary, right? Like you have this, you know, nine to five, probably like comfortable job, but you have this calling of like, I know I need to do this. And um, I think a lot of people would probably feel that, but they wouldn't actually take action and, and do what you did and create an institute and an organization. So um, I just want to take time to like acknowledge you for that because like, you know, even for me starting a business, like I know how scary it is and like, it's really hard and social media makes it seem like, you know, it's this like cool thing, but um, yeah. It's hard, especially as a, as a black woman, it's so hard when there's no one around you who, who has started something of this magnitude. And so it's a lonely isolating experience. And, you know, I spend a lot of time just praying that we're able to maintain you know, what we've built, you know, that we have supporters that believe in our work just as much as we believe in it. And so having that unwavering faith has really been helpful in sustaining me and in moments where I've lost people I've loved or uh, people have critiqued the work because there's certainly lots of criticism that comes when you build something that's so much bigger than you. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I'd love to talk about, you know, why, you know, why have Black historically, why have Black transgender women, you know, historically and currently been under attack? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think just historically, we represent something that 
most people will never have. And that is freedom. Mm. You know, most people live their lives really confined to what society tells them that they should be or what they should do or uh, what their families believe they should be and what their families believe they should do. And so, you know, I think that is really what um, has caused Black trans women to be so vulnerable is that we live out our imagination in a way that we're completely unafraid of. And most people don't know that freedom. Um, and Beautiful, I think, yeah. you know, one of the things yeah, one of the things I've, I've just been really just thinking about also is just the erasure around Black trans women. And I realized that there's been so much erasure around us because we have not necessarily lived long enough to be able to own our stories. And so our stories mm -hmm. have often had to be retold from people who've never had our experiences, but were there to witness. Uh, and so, you know, that's one of the, the great, um, you know, dangers that also I think makes us extremely vulnerable to attacks is the storytellers don't exist because they weren't they weren't afforded the opportunity to to live. Exactly. Yeah, that's so important. Um and why, you know, why Marsha P. Johnson? Why was that really um, you know, your inspiration? I mean for yeah, with as little time as we have, right? It's like how much time do we I I oh man, so many reasons why Marsha P. Johnson. I think that uh, one of my favorite quotes from Marsha is, I might be crazy, but that don't make me wrong. And so mm. she was so committed to what she believed in. She was brilliant. And I don't think that she's really recognized as being a brilliant thinker, a brilliant um, thought-provoking organizer. You know, she was very clear about the political issues. She was very clear about the line, you know, come out of your glass houses and into the streets. Like she was very clear about what it was that we needed to be committed to. And I just, I've spent so much time being inspired by her and wanting to make sure that we weren't just paying lip service to her name and that we weren't just claiming her for our own access to something, that we were actually reclaiming her as a pathway to our liberation. And I think that she really influenced a world to think about, you know, liberation. And so one of the things I wanted to just make sure is that we're able to, to, to forever exalt her name in the world mm -hmm. in a way that actually connects her back to Black trans people. Uh, because I've often heard the stories from her peers, uh, but they were not like her. They didn't come from Elizabeth, New Jersey. They didn't come from, you know, they didn't come from black families. They, you know, there was so there was a black experience that Marsha was having um, mm -hmm. that I think is often uh, disassociated from her legacy. And so, so many reasons why, you know, Marsha P. Johnson was a critical and necessary. Um, you know, uh, uh, person um, to really center our work around, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, it's not just Marsha, you know, our organization is named after her, but we also are named for her because of all of the women whose names we don't know, who contributed to the world being what it is. And so um, it's an honor to name our organization. It's an honor to, you know, to, to be a symbol of, of of something, hopefully for somebody somewhere who may not have a Marsha or Elhern's 
in their life to look at, you know? So it's just bigger picture. And for Marsha, uh, for us, Marsha is the bigger picture of, of our hopes and our dreams. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Um, and for people who, you know, cause obviously people who are going to be donating on Sunday, like um, just so they know a little bit more about the organization, you know, when someone supports the Institute, like where does that money go towards? Like, do you have different initiatives or what's kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we have several different programming um, programs at the organization. You know, one of the things that happened is this pandemic. And so as a, a one-year-old organization, we had lots of great plans and well, yeah. things we were looking forward to and convenings and bringing people together. And then this happened. And so it really kind of put an interruption into what we were planning. But one of the things that we knew we needed to do was to provide support for those who didn't have it um, and who wouldn't necessarily have access to like a government bailout. So we created our COVID relief effort. And so that is where we are putting most of our resources and our time and our programming efforts towards is just making sure that however long this pandemic lasts, that we will be a resource by providing resources to people directly impacted. And so that is one of the programs. Uh, we prioritize those who are formerly incarcerated, those who may be currently incarcerated, um, those who uh, are former sex workers or current sex workers, those who are um uh, immune, uh, you know, vulnerable, uh, and also those who may be experiencing displacement around housing. And so those are the priority areas around our COVID relief air, um, efforts. Uh, and, you know, that's something we're extremely proud of. We've been really um, trying to build up the capacity internally to be able to support that effort. So we hired a COVID relief coordinator, which I'm so excited about because oh, thank God. you know I get to, yeah thank God because I get to do interviews but I also have to go and process COVID relief payments and so it's just been a lot of work on our small team but we're growing and that's also where people's donations go they go to supporting us making sure that I or you know someone else isn't carrying all of the work of the organization and. So we're launching some other initiatives that I'm really proud of. We're launching an artist fellowship. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson was an artist. You know, most Black trans people are artists, you know, and identify mm -hmm. as such. And we wanted to support that growing and that storytelling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it really does go directly back to the people as far as we're concerned. We try our best to make sure that our resources are touching our community. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're we're, awesome. we're we're so committed to it. So yeah, mm -hmm. if the pandemic lasts for two years, we'll be providing COVID relief for two years. That's how we see yeah. it. That's incredible. Yeah, and you can really tell just the passion in your voice too, of just like how much you know. It's like it really comes. It seeps through. Um, it's it's awesome. a lot of work. Yeah, I'm sure. You. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then. Kind of wrapping up, I know you are tight on time, um, but like aside from just donating, you know, obviously directly to your organization, like what are some other ways? Um, obviously, that's like a very important thing that I want to encourage people to do. But what are some other ways they can, you know, also support the the Black trans community? Make sure that you know you have a full understanding of what it is that we're making demands around. So whether it's around decriminalizing sex work or calling for the abolishing of the police, make sure that you are fully informed why we are making such demands so that you can, you know, really support them. 
You know, mm -hmm. allyship is very performative. And so we're calling people into being in collaborative solidarity, which is a lifelong relationship. Like you are mm -hmm. in a lifelong relationship with black trans people um, and that you're actually building those relationships in meaningful ways, as opposed to ways that just make you feel good about yourself. So mm -hmm. for us, we're always challenging people to do deeper work internally with themselves and with others. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, especially now with everything on social media, I found there's a lot of, um, yeah, virtue signaling, right? And just people kind of, you know, try, just showing that they're doing something, they feel guilty. And um, yeah, it's very complicated. <laughs> um, but um, cool. Yeah, white, so kind white, of guilt is, white guilt is always complicated. And the reality is it's not that complicated. Just acknowledge it and start to undo it by building relationships that, um, challenge you. You know, I think we all want to stay in a comfortable place, but there's nothing comfortable about what's happening. And sometimes you have to lose and sometimes you get to win. And so, you know, I like to win and I'm, I'm calling people into being in relationship and winning ways with me where we might lose, but we're able to undo the harm of losing by recovering and figuring out a new way to be with each other. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, so kind of last question, I, I, um, want to end on like a, a note about yourself because you're so much of a giver, oh. and, you know, it's, I feel like you probably don't talk about yourself a lot. So, um, what is something that, you know, I know self-love is kind of like cliche in this day and age, but I really think it's uh -huh. important, especially as women, you know, to, to do things for ourselves because we do so much to give for others. So like what's something, you know, one way you cultivate self-love or what's something you really love about yourself? Um, yeah, I can do anything. <laughs> Oh man. Um, you know what? I I want to go to the nail salon. Like Same I, I'm so mad about it. I'm like, I want to go to the nail salon. It is that is my one thing yes. that looking at my nails and, and being like, oh my god, they're so pretty. Like that's what I, I so I'm very sad that I can't do that right now. So what I've been doing for self-care, I've been eating a lot of ice cream. Um, and I've been buying, I've been buying so many clothes. Like I've, oh, I ordered, I think one, I think last month I literally spent my whole rent check on, <laughs> I think I just, I spent it all on ordering clothes. I was just like, it's a pandemic. I'm so sad. I need clothes. I don't have anywhere to go, but every yeah. Instagram boutique, I've just been ordering from like crazy because I'm like, you know, at least I'll be in the house and I'll look pretty in all my new clothes. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, I resonate with that. Um, awesome. Yeah. So where can people find you? Where can they connect with the Institute? Um, yeah, all that. Absolutely. So you can follow me personally at Soul Free Dreams on Instagram and Twitter. So that's S-O-U-L-F-R-E-E-D-R-E-A-M-S. Uh, and then you can also follow the Marsha P. Johnson Institute on all social media channels at MPJ Institute. Uh, you can also visit our website to learn more about our work at MarshaP.org. A huge thanks to Elle and the MPJI team for taking the time to talk to me today. 
She's incredible, as you guys probably are aware of after listening to that episode. Um, so if you're interested in purchasing some granola butter, again, we are donating 100% of our profits today um, for the full 24 hours to the Institute. So head over to queen.co. Um, I'll include our link in the show notes. And if you want more information on Elle, I'll include the link to her profile. I'll include the link to the Institute. And you can check out all of that on your own time. And I just want to thank you guys so much for your valuable time listening to us. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend and I will see you guys next week.